Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Just, it was just a, a crazy experience. Once you get there, it's like we driving through woods. It was cold. <laughs> it looked snowy. So we just sitting there. Just like, dang, when are we going to get there? Then you drive through like a neighborhood and then you're there right on the Notre Dame campus. And just as you see, you see the praying Jesus and everything like that. It's just amazing seeing that stuff. Man. We are back for another edition of the From the Pink Seats podcast. Presley Meyer, your host with the most tonight. We have Jacob Lane on standby just in case. You never know. Like, you know, when you, when you give the kids the keys to the car, sometimes they just run into a telephone pole. So hopefully that won't happen tonight. I'm just kidding. Uh, what's going on? Matt McGavick, Vince Lococo. How are you guys tonight? I'm good, good, man. Yeah. Good to see Vince for the second night in a row. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, I'm so happy I get to see your just your beautiful face, Matt, and hear some Reds baseball side comments, and you know, don't worry, they don't play until tomorrow night. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Guys, we're not I'm pumped for tonight though, just because. Podcast. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> I'm pumped for tonight though matters. because we get Brandon Radcliffe on the show, and he was one of you know the cooler teammates to be around. He was, you know, it was his fourth or fifth year with the program was my first year and i mean you want to talk about somebody that ran with some freaking power like it was a pain in the ass to tackle him should be a good show i mean I, i'm excited for it matt how do you feel about this one you're all, you're the one that's always like oh this one was one of the best ones ever this was was great <laughs> oh I, it's gonna be great to talk to him because when you think about that era of little football i mean he largely goes under the radar just because, you know, Lamar Jackson kind of dominates the headlines. And in those early 2010s, you know, obviously it's the Teddy Bridgewater teams and like all those defensive guys. And Brandon Radcliffe, Radcliffe, I don't think gets the recognition that he deserves. He was one of the more integral pieces to those offenses in the mid to in the mid 2010s. I mean, he averaged five yards a carry, so. I mean, I don't know what more you really want for a running back. That's pretty solid for me right there. Anytime I can turn around and hand the, hand the guy the ball, he's going to get five for me. Pretty consistent. He's got to be one of the least talked about running backs as far as uh, just just across the board. You know, like I, I don't know if Oklahoma State's 
tenth best, tenth most all time rusher gets as gets as little recognition as Brandon Radcliffe. I don't know if that makes any sense, but 438 yards or 438 rushing attempts in his career, 2,365 career rushing yards ranks him 10th all time in Louisville history, 5.4 yards per carry, 26 total touchdowns on the ground, one through the air. Um, dude was electric for four years at Louisville um, and can't wait to get into uh, his career and, and what uh, led up to his career at Louisville and what is still to come in his life. So um, without further ado, stay tuned on the other side. Brandon Radcliffe, let's do this thing. Brandon Radcliffe here joining us tonight. One of my favorite teammates that I was around, Pressy Meyer, Matt McGavick. Brandon, how are you doing? Doing good, man. Can't complain. How are you doing? Everything's great over here. So first off, I'm going to ask you, how did you end up at Louisville? Again, at first you got recruited by uh, Charlie Strong and Coach Hurt. Um, those two guys, it was weird because uh, the guy that really – like put me on was a coach that was at Miami Central down here. And he told Coach Hurt to come to uh, Christopher Columbus. And um, we built the bun like that. We built the bun like that. What was it that sold you on these guys? Everybody always talked about that. Charlie Strong, uh, what was it, that Coach Hurt, the D coordinator, talking about the uh, just the Florida connection. What, what was it that sold you on coming up to Louisville? Obviously seeing Teddy and those guys, but. I mean, it's got to be something other than that. It was it was really like those things. It was uh, Teddy. Like, I played against Teddy, like, my junior and my senior year. And I just seen how great he was, you know. I seen how great Teddy was. I seen how great the guys like Eli Rogers and Michael Lee. I knew those guys that was coming to Louisville. I knew they were special dudes, you know. And I'm like, dang. And then, like, guys I did play with, like, Gerard Holloman, me and him was, like, playing since we was, like, eight years old. So like all those dudes, like I just felt like I was at home when I came to Louisville on a visit rather than anywhere else that I, I went around and, and went to. At this point we've had for this series, we've had a, a couple of coach strong guys. Like we had a, a Loza on, we had Marcus Smith on and oh, yeah. there's, there's a real, as people know by now, there's a really strong Florida connection with all of those. I mean, you're, you're from Miami coach strong, got his start at Florida before going to Louisville. Like how, how strong was the connection on just the team overall, just because of those ties to just the, just the size of Florida. Um, man, I remember that was like the emphasis when I first came, we had like freaking 30 guys, 30 plus guys on one team from Florida. And that team was just like the the bond was was crazy, you know. Like everybody just related related to each other so easily. Rather than you know, a lot of teams are so spread out, you know. And they bringing all these guys to try to merge and build a team, you know. Like that culture is already there. Like thirty guys from Florida is just build a whole like camaraderie of a locker room. It's just easy to you know merge that gap, you know. And y'all, Florida, the Florida boys are definitely the funniest ones on the team, too. And, mm-hmm. like, getting y'all to take that team picture every year, where you know, <laughs> do it state by state, state by state, y'all <laughs> always had to go last. One, because y'all were the biggest group of dudes. 
And two, it nobody could bring y'all all together at one point and get y'all to right. be sitting around. Right. <laughs> nah, man, it's definitely some characters coming out of Florida, man. You know, <laughs> it's just fun. You redshirted your freshman year, right? Most of us do. I mean, it's very common at collegiate level. Uh, 2014, you really exploded onto the scene and, uh, you know, getting your opportunity to do stuff for the team. What was that like for you finally getting shots to go out there and play? I know you played some specs. Uh, the year prior, I believe, or this year, as a matter of fact. So what was that kind of like? Um, it was good, man, like just competing, you know, like that was a, a tough year. I knew it was a lot of guys. Like I came in, you know, just like low on the death chart. I was probably like fourth or fifth. You know, we had guys like Michael Dyer, um, Dominique Brown, you know, uh, just to name a few of those guys, LJ Scott. Uh, all those guys was, were good, good running backs, good athletic running backs. And, you know, I was still a special team guy because <laughs> Katrina came in, you know. And I think I'm not I'm not sure. I think LJ Scott was the last guy that strong recruited or that uh, Petrino brought in. Huh. And so, you know, it was just a, a, a great competition with those guys. And, um yeah, I started out with special teams, just working my way up. I felt like I had a good spring that year. You know, I just showcased myself, but obviously it was a couple of seniors. I just had to compete and wait for my turn, man. It was a great experience and just great getting the opportunity when it came. And speaking of that 2014 season, uh, one of your, your best games in a Louisville uniform happened to be during one of the biggest regular season games that decade on the road in South Bend against Notre Dame. We had a 136 and a touchdown that day. Yeah. What was that? What was game prep for that? Because obviously they all say, like, you know, treat all opponents the same. But when you go up to South Bend and take on the Golden Domers, that's got to mean a little, little more, right? Yeah, man, it was amazing, like, going in and just, like, the whole experience. Uh, because I think it was, like, one hotel they was saying, like, you could stay in, like, South Bend. There's no, like, hotels in South Bend. So we had to stay, like, 45 minutes out. And, like, oh, um, God. yeah, it was crazy. So we had, like, a 45-minute drive into um, into South Bend. And just it was just a, a crazy experience. Once you get there, it's like we driving through woods. It was cold. <laughs> it looked snowy. So we just sit in there, just like, dang, when are we gonna get there? Then you drive through like a neighborhood and then you're there right on uh Notre Dame campus. And just as you see, you see the praying Jesus and everything like that. It's just amazing seeing that stuff. And like when you walk into the stadium, it just looked ancient like you about to go play against some ancient guys <laughs> but I mean that game right there I mean it damn near embodies what coach P was all about the feeding the studs you know I yeah. mean just I, you were the guy that game where he was like all right we're gonna ride red this whole the whole way home for 136 yards right you know, right you can always remember leading up to that game you know I went to high school at Reggie so I knew him prior I knew his pops prior to that and his pops passed away two or three weeks leading into that game. Was yeah, did that affect you guys at all at practice as well? Just being his teammates and stuff like that, being around. Yeah, for sure. You know? sure, for sure. I remember. I remember. Um, just like when Reggie was like he disappeared for a couple of days. Nobody knew what was up. You know. Yeah. We was practicing. You know, we was still. It was. I think Reggie was in a way. We was competing with. I think like Will Gardner and all these guys. I mean, they was all competing that year. You know, it was just like something like, dang, man, Reggie, 
like they gave him the start and then this happened, this type of stuff. I'm like, man, we just got to help him, you know? Because we oh, knew yeah. it was just a tough situation. Like nobody could imagine. It's just crazy. But yeah, that was definitely momentum and motivation for the whole team. I remember watching that game. I don't know about you guys. I was at my buddy's house. It's how old you are. <laughs> it's, how, it's, how, it's how old you were whenever I showed up to play college football. <laughs> I was sitting there with my buddies on the couch. I don't even think we had had like a sip of beer or anything yet. We were Damn. still young kid. Yeah, I know, man. I know. Y'all Y'all are some old <laughs> Yeah, we some old heads now. <laughs> <laughs> y'all end up playing Georgia in that bowl game, man. I was also, I was at that game as well. Cold as shit. You want to talk about yeah. cold? I mean, that was, Carolina. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, it was cold. But what was that experience like for you guys? I know that seemed like a pretty decent bowl trip, at least. Y'all got to ride in some cars and shit like that. But Oh, yeah, we drove in a uh, – because, you know, they have the uh, Daytona, right? Is it a Daytona 500 out there? I, I don't know. No, 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 no. no. Oh, we're in Charlotte. It's in Char- it was in Charlotte, so it was whichever one's in Charlotte. I NASCAR. think the, the NASCAR headquarters is in Charlotte. I think. Oh, yeah, NASCAR. you're the Florida guy. You should know where the Daytona 500 yeah. is. Yeah, the Daytona. Yeah, that's yeah. – <laughs> He's from Miami, though. He's just like, it's up there somewhere. It's up there somewhere, yeah. I know we're driving NASCARs. And, uh, all them dudes from Florida are everywhere. It's so funny. They'll be like that real – that tip, like, that touches the other states. Y'all are just like, that's, that's not Florida. That's not Florida. Yeah, all the way – <laughs> Man, I'm from down all the way at the bottom, so all that is up there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. But that, that was a unique season, though, 2014. So you're transitioning from, uh, you know, a, a kind of a, an odd season as it is because mm-hmm. you had the one off year in the in the American Conference. You know, you're one game away from probably playing in a, in a very significant bowl game and going undefeated. Uh, right. But then you come in, Bobby Vitrino, there's still a lot of talent on that roster. And then you had, like you indicated, Will Gardner started some games. Reggie Bonfin started some games. Kyle Bolin uh, came in and, and had that crazy game against Kentucky. And then you got you, Michael Dyer, uh, LJ Scott in the backfield. So, like, uh, Dominic Brown. Uh, so, like, you, you just had this, this tremendous uh, pool of talent to choose from. Um, Comparing that to maybe like the 2016 season, like do you, how would how would you characterize those teams? Do you think you know uh, by 2016 Bobby's fingerprints are more on it, but you also had a Lamar Jackson offense, so you're kind of like letting him you know kind of guide the ship as well. Um, can you kind of like compare and contrast what the what the difference in those seasons was like? Uh, those two teams are completely different. I mean. When Lamar got there, the offense totally changed. So I think it's not even no comparison. The whole offense changed. I mean, we went from pro style to lining up in the shot with um, Lamar. So we literally went from two different offenses, just getting around one special talent, which is, and I think it was a, a, a a pro for our, our offense. Obviously you can see in the numbers, you know, it was just way more explosive, way more dynamic and spread the ball out. It's just I don't think it's a comparison. It's just two different teams, honestly. Man, whenever so that you talk about that pro style offense and whenever I was getting recruited, I mean, Lamar was there, but nobody you guys hadn't changed the complete the entirety of the offense yet. So like mm-hmm. I'd be going to visits and stuff with Reggie basketball games. He's like, man, like 
bring you in, you'll do linebacker for a year, then you'll go to fullback, and I'll throw you some dump passes in the end zone. He's got some sweet stuff. <laughs> about L.A., that was in front of me, obviously, getting to watch behind him and stuff. I'm like, this is going to be sweet. Yeah. And I get there, and all we're running is <laughs> this read option shit, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm, like I'm never going to change the point. That, that was the thing, because I remember, uh, like you said, L.A., that's, that's like one of my best friends. Yeah. You know, uh, 2014, he was my fullback, and we used to be in a lot. Like, he used to be utilized a lot in 2014. And then 2016, he was a great fullback. But, like, yeah, that's just went out the door, you know? <laughs> I've never been hit harder in my life, I swear to God, than meeting L.A. in the hole. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <y'all. laughs> hey, I love, I love running behind L.A., man. Yeah, I bet you do. It's, there's, I mean, there's, uh, there's nothing. Yeah, he's a – that's probably why you average 5.6 yards a carry. I mean, yeah, for real. That was yeah. hey, he was like, man, this you don't understand. We have a, a guy like that that's and he was fast, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right behind him. It was just a different, but you know, it's just different. So L L gets there in 15, right? And then uh, but take us through that UVA game. It was uh your career high in rushing. You had 146 yards on 21 carries. Uh, it's a pretty big. It's a pretty big day for sure. What, if you can, what were you seeing out there on the field? What was opening up for you? Uh, you know, how good? When did you realize? Oh, I'm gonna have one of these games. With um, what that was 2015. Yeah, that was 15. 15. Oh, um, shoot. I don't know, man. I guess just getting a ball. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, for real, honestly, I don't know. 21 carries just sound good. I think I had that. It was. It ain't that many times I got that. So I guess that's why the production was obviously just production meets, you know, opportunity. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So obviously, at uh, 2015, that's the first year that Lamar comes into the picture, and he spent a lot of time like splitting reps with Kyle Bolin, and he starts really coming on the second half of the season. But at what at what point? Did you think, did you know, actually, that, like, okay, yeah, this guy, he's got the potential to be something special? Mm, oh, you, uh, was it spring? What? I'm trying to think, when do, when do we be able to see, like, them, like, live for the he first time? Been, I mean, What's we the, did mat drills in the summer. Lamar, I don't think. Okay, it's right, but with pass on. Well, we have. I'm guessing it's like fall camp. Fall camp, yeah. Fall camp. Um, I remember Petrino said, "Let's go live with the quarterback." <laughs> one playing, Lamont pulled that thing left, and he just uh, Isaiah Stewart. I remember that jump like it ain't yesterday. Lamont game one now, boom boom, and he flew, and I'm like, "Was that shit real?" <laughs> he got down that sideline. I'm like, "What the fuck?" I ain't know he was. It's like that he was that exclusive. That was like the first time I seen a quarterback do that. And I thought that shit was fake. I thought like Isaiah like just did like some jump, like because Isaiah was trying to hit him, like he like leaned into him. I like shook his ass so crazy, like he just like flew past. I'm like, damn. I'm like, damn, he might he might even want to hit the quarterback or something. I was like, I ain't know that. That's the first time he really like took off running with somebody like trying to hit him. Yeah. Ooh, that boy got some moves. If that shit's real, boy, you're going to mm-hmm. be a problem. Well, I mean, that, that shit turned out to be real in the Texas A&M game. 
uh, whenever yeah. you guys got matched up against them and Miles Garrett, yeah. uh, who honestly could have just absolutely squashed any of us other goofballs on this podcast. Yeah, that uh, thank God we didn't have to deal with that. But yeah, what, what was that like lining up against him uh, and that defense and those guys? I mean, they were an SEC team, you know, and stuff didn't really start to get turned around, it seemed like, in that game until we put Lamar in, until L kind of took over. And you and yeah, I know, yeah. but I mean, the public doesn't know. I was annoying that, that game already. Like, remember, he had already came back against yeah. Kentucky. Yeah. Kentucky was like his crown because it literally was like the last game of that year that – Well, he didn't know the plays either. That's like what a lot of people don't realize is he didn't it was know two, the, the thing was they played two different systems. Lamar, like – because remember, Cal Bowling had a different – like we just – it was crazy for everybody. Like Lamar came in, they was trying to already implement something different, like the read option. Yeah. And Cal Bowling, you know, if you – know, you only could practice one – offense throughout that week you know we're just going with cow bowling every week i think even that game you spoke of the uv game cow bowling was the starting quarterback so we really didn't have that uh read option in our arsenal when lamar's there so he didn't really have any plays to even have he's not going out there practicing and practice cow bowling plays because like we said the offense is totally different it's just i formation and shot so people think it was like he think it wasn't that he didn't know the plays for one he didn't wasn't able to practice it in practice because they ran two different systems we're not practicing something that we didn't think he was going to be able to even get into which was amazing if you think of it because we was literally practicing something totally different our game plan against Kentucky we went down like 21-0 he came in and we just mm-hmm. he just went out there and beat him up with athleticism it's crazy yeah, so if you remember back to that that season, you know, he comes in the first play of the season against Auburn and throws a throws a pick. Everybody remembers that play. And then immediately, I'm sure he got an earful on the sideline. But then by half by halftime, you're down what 24 nothing. And then Lamar comes in and like at that point, he's just like he's just doing what he does. Exactly. Same mm-hmm. thing. That's the first game of the year to the last game he did. Yeah, it, it was that thing. Very sim, very similar against Kentucky. Yeah, they come out, they throw a bomb the first play, and right. so it's seven, seven nothing. And then Kyle comes in, throws a pick six, like the fifth play maybe, and then you're yeah. down fourteen nothing. Then we punt. UK gets the ball back, scores right away. So it's twenty one nothing, and Bobby's just like Lamar, Lamar, let's go, and just <laughs> and then the rest yeah. is history. But it like, I mean, yeah, that's you know, Vince, I I, I think he's probably right. Like it was that UK game though. That was like, all right. Yeah. For real. Like he's special, like really special. He, and he had some great passing plays in that UK game too. Just like some like random, just like spur of the moment. Remember he had that, the uh, big one, the James quick down, like right. Oh, in yeah. The end zone. Um, yeah. So that, I mean, the, to me, the 2015 season kind of mirrors his rookie season in the NFL where he was just like, you know, it takes a while to get that stuff under your belt, just like a, a job would or or anything else in life, right? And yeah, so it, it's just – yeah, when you're that talented, though, like he just came in and just did his thing and it just – it worked. So, like, to me, the 2015 season is almost more miraculous. Like, y'all started one and four that season, finished eight and five with, with back-to-back wins over SEC teams. 
Like that's a that's a hell of a year for real. Yeah, it is. I didn't even think it. Yeah, that was a crazy year. It was a great year though, man. Yeah, so with those two back-to-back games to end the year against the SEC uh, games, against SEC opponents, excuse me, how, how much did that kind of prepare you guys like for the for the start of the 2016 season? Because obviously uh, the focal point is going to be Lamar because of, you know, this hyped-up freshman of what can he do next year. But people tend to forget that, like, the, 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 the thing is, like, people like to say, it's like, oh, it's just Lamar and a bunch of dudes. But those dudes were good, yourself included. <laughs> So, yeah. like, how, how did um, that offseason or, like, the end of that season, like, propel you guys into the offseason? Oh, that last game, like, that just let everybody know. And, like, everybody seen how good Lamar was, honestly, just as a quarterback against the SEC team as in Texas A&M. Just – that just gave us momentum into that year. Like, man, everybody got to step up, you know. Like, we got something. We come in next year and just come in. We could be something special. And that was, like – one of the main things I emphasized, I knew I was going to be a senior. And, man, that jump just, like, licking chops on our fingers. I already knew how special. I'm looking at this dude like, there ain't no way nobody messing with us. If we got to do like that, like, man, we can run through anybody. And it's, it was just, like, true, you know? It was, like, unlike any other team I've ever been a part of, uh, I don't know. And even the 27, it was better than the 2017 team as well because of guys like yourself and D'Lo and Keith, who were really the ones that held everything together, you know, like L was awesome and stuff. And, you know, we won a lot of games because of him, but we won a lot of games off the backs of our leadership as well, which people don't really recognize a lot just because of who L was and everything. And one of those games I feel like was the Florida state game. Yes. L had his great phenomenal day, but leading up to it that week of practice, how you guys as players got, you know, made an emphasis to the guys on scout team, made an emphasis to everybody on the team. Like, this is the one right here. Like we can all blow up off this one right here. So leading up to that Florida state game, how was the week of prep for you? And what did you have? Did you enjoy it? Did you like that week? Cause I remember we went live on that Tuesday cause P got mad. Uh, <laughs> somebody had a fumble. We won't speak any names. <laughs> <laughs> but how was that week for you leading up leading up uh to practice? Oh man, it was just it was high. We already trying to air him out for fumbles. <laughs> he had one fumble in practice that made Pete really mad and we had to go live. I man, remember. I could I probably I don't remember, but I'm sure it's the show happened. I, I will never forget it. It was one of those big P moments that sticks out in my head, the Petrino moment that just Sticks out. I can hear him right now. Oh, man. Blue whistle. <laughs> fuck that shit. I'm going fucking live. Uh, <laughs> Restarted all the cards. Yeah, we turned. Yeah, y'all fuck. Y'all, nah, y'all oh, forged man. us after that. Hey, that. That week was hype, man. It was honestly, man, we approached every week. Like, I, I think that's what made our team just great, man. We just came out there with great energy every week. And that week, we just like, we know we about to crush them. We just about to. <laughs> Go out here and grind. It just felt good because, like, we already knew we had the spotlight. This is all we wanted, you know? Like, we just all we wanted. When we see, like, we see all these, the uh, the game day guys coming to our practice, it just felt so good just seeing these dudes. Like, they watching us. We knew he was those – we knew he was the team, you know? It just gave our team just, like, so much juice. And, like, we knew he was good. So that was the thing. Like, I think that's what helped us. Like, all that stuff – just showing our team, like, look, y'all, we right here. Like, bro, they looking at us now. Like, we came from Louisville. 
we went from a team that people don't really give respect the Louisville. It's our second, really like our second in the ACC. And now we on game day. And these guys, all the game day crew that was there, they was coming to our practices. Obviously, we had like one of the most greatest players on our team, which contributed a lot of that stuff. But like, bro, you don't understand. It was like college game day. We about to get them everything they, they want. <laughs> well, and I, I think people forget too. And I don't know if you guys knew this was coming. The, so you get you guys get the ball first, right? And Brandon, you get the ball in the first play. Was that scripted or is that just kind of a read that was made? Oh, yeah. because the first play from scrimmage, you know, everybody's thinking Lamar, Lamar, Lamar. And then you get the ball and go for like 35, 40 yards, first play from scrimmage. Yeah. Uh, did we know that was coming or was that? Yeah. With Petrino, if you know Petrino, He's he a, a planned out guy. Petrino planned seven plays for sure. And we ran literally, if I'm not mistaken, we probably ran like six plays off. Like he give us a strip day, day before the game, first seven plays, you know, memorized all seven of these. You know, if you're coming in and out, whatever it is, you know, and we literally ran our first like five plays and was in the end zone. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. Yep. Like most of the t- man, that year was just special because every year he was writing our strips out every game. And like the first three, four games, we were scoring like the first three plays on that strip. Whatever the strip, we ran those plays. We always stick to whatever those he'll say a first down, second down, third down play. But like that's just how he wrote it out. He just wrote like seven plays and we memorized those plays. So, yeah, I mean, as, as you know, uh, Bobby was there previously before he. Uh, took off for the NFL and he became known for that. Like that was his staple was first two, three drives. were going to be like, he wanted to come out and punch you in the mouth. Like that was, that was his strategy from, from the get, get go, even back to conference USA to the big East when they were back in those days Uh, and, you know, playing like the West Virginias of the world. Uh, who who else was was big in, in Conference USA? I don't know. It was a little, yeah. a little different you know, back then. Was UM in there? Was UM playing? They know they play UM every year, right? Um, yeah, they played my, was, they, they played Miami I, a lot, um, but they they played uh, you know Southern I, Miss I, was kind of was good back then. Southern Miss was good, but back back in the Big East days, they had South Florida, which which was uh, legit back in the day as well. So, uh, but regardless, yeah, they'd come out and kind of punch you in the mouth, and it felt like that didn't happen his first two seasons in his second tenure. But then, you know, you guys come out, you beat Charlotte at like 3,000 to nothing, and then you come out and uh, and pretty much score, what, on five plays, 21 points against Syracuse. <laughs> so, like, it was just like one of those, like the first six or seven games that season. Uh, NC State's one that people don't talk about, too. NC State, y'all are up like 48 nothing at halftime, I think. Like, that yeah. was just a – Y'all Southwest chilling on the sideline. I got hurt that game, too. Oh, uh-huh. Man. Yeah. I was about to say that was a big uh, LJ Scott game, if I remember correctly. Yeah, um, I think he had a good game. You guys, you guys completely changed how I thought about the ACC for like the rest of my college career. Because like, <laughs> like Lamar, you guys and Lamar and sixteen and seventeen, just I mean, I mean y'all ran wreck shop on most of the teams in the ACC. So I mean, yeah, sitting here eighteen, obviously eighteen <laughs> went two and ten. So I'm like, that's not really nothing. But nineteen comes around, and I'm like. Like okay, I see the schedule. I'm like, I don't see a team we can't beat. Other than I don't see all them other dudes beat everybody, but yeah. at the same time, not the same caliber. We near didn't have near as close to the same mindset as you guys. I thought at least. 
But uh, my favorite game, not really a favorite, is uh, that Clemson game in 2016, right? You knew we had to talk about it. You knew we had to bring it up. Uh, for you, man, what, what, what was that game like to start? I always hear people say that you can't, because I didn't get to travel. I was redshirt in that game. I always heard that people say that you couldn't have like a normal conversation with somebody. It was so loud. And the atmosphere was like, unlike anything they've ever been a part of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I knew it was like that for sure though. Like the year before it was crazy loud. Like my first year I went there, Petrino first year, that shit was so crazy. Like I can't remember. I think Will Gardner was the quarterback. If I'm not mistaken. I can't remember, mm -hmm. but who was talking I couldn't hear nothing he said on a play. Like he was like, <laughs> like those first plays was just like everybody just like. It's called Death Valley for a reason. It's so crazy. I never heard. Yeah, it's, I never been in a place where I couldn't hear. Like that's just give me anxiety if you like inside it and like you. It's just crazy. I'm that's like, where Kobe's hand signals, his little side hand signals he used to do, would come in handy over there. Everything came. We was doing. We had to do a clap count. Like everything changed in that in that circumstance. Like literally, they gonna know we had to do two clap, like just to try to like hold them off a little bit. But that's the, that's their advantage for sure. Like, bro, yeah, the quarterback would be saying, "Said you can't hear nothing." Literally, that's how loud they get. Got it. You're right next to the quarterback. The whole, I mean, right you were, next. Yeah. Literally at the court, the quarterback like this leaning into the the uh, the huddle, and literally nobody can hear him. It's literally like you're going deaf in there. Just that's all you hear. Like literally, people talk next to you when they when they get cranked up in there, it, it gets really loud. It's crazy. Well, I've heard some, I've heard some allegations. You tell me if you think this is true. There's rules. I yeah, I think I think they do it. Like yeah. they're they're. He already knew what the question was. Yeah, some kind of some kind of crowd noise or something. Like the, like yeah. you just know how the a general football game would go, right? Like people cheer the loudest when a good play happens, or you know, like it's like third or fourth down, you get loud on purpose. But like there's like those even those in between times when you have like a ten second, fifteen second breather, getting a play call in. It seems like there it just doesn't stop. It just yeah. like keeps going. But. I don't know. I'm not gonna make that. I don't. I don't know because honestly, like how their crowd is, man, they feel like they own you. Honestly, because it's really packed in there. It's really packed. In. So I don't know. It's really loud. And the when people make that noise, I know that shit could get loud. Then, 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 what about this? Did they or did they not commit pass interference on Cole Hickatini? <laughs> Oh, on the uh, last the, the, pl yeah, the play the right before the play right before oh, yeah. James yeah, Quick's yeah. play. Yeah, that was a, man. It was holding that thing crazy. Yeah, that was, man. Yeah, I know that people was, remember that James Quick play the most because that was literally the last play. But the the, the most egregious one was Cole getting held, and the ball's not even close to arriving there. Yeah, that, like, that and man had, I think he literally had to try to like catch it one hand tight, and they yeah. grabbed this man whole body. Yeah, they wasn't not giving that on um, in Death Valley. Man. And even the and even the quick play that Matt mentioned of like the yard marker being off, where Quick ran out of bounds. Like, yeah, Quick ran out of bounds, but if you go back and look at that play, the yard marker is marked wrong. It's like, how does all this little shit? I mean, you know, you're not gonna get any ticky tacky penalties, but how does a yard marker, for God's sake, get 
misplaced in one of the biggest college football games. It was, and I didn't even see. I didn't you even haven't even. seen that? Oh my gosh! Yes, yes. The yard marker is yeah. like what, Matt, like probably a yard or two in front. Right where Quick ran out of bounds, bro. Yeah. Oh, so that damn, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bro, I don't even know that. That's crazy. Yeah. Watch that. Pl- watch that play again, or, or maybe not, because you, it'll, it'll make you mad. <laughs> watch that jump. I'm like, man, mad. I just there's there's all kinds of conspiracy theories around that game, but I, I think a lot of it has to do with you know you guys were like, I mean, considered probably one of the five best teams in the country, regardless of if you won or lost that game. Like I remember, you know, listening to Kirk Kirk Street after that game, he's like, Louisville shouldn't hang their heads at all. Like they, you know, just like play down to the last play with the team that ended up winning the national championship, right? So like, mm-hmm. it, it, it's, I mean, not nothing to be ashamed of. But the the rest of that season, uh, you know, I, I've talked to many players that were on that team. How do you think that game kind of a- affected the way that you guys played? Like, you know, I know we talked about you came out against NC State, beat some ass there, but there there were a lot of ups and downs for the rest of that that season. Like, do you think that game played any role in that at all? Nah, man, that game, I think that game kept us hungry, you know? Like, um, I kept. I think it kept us hungry because we knew we still had a chance. We was, like, number five, even though after that, like, they still kept us in it. Like, it was going to be in the Orange Bowl or whatever. Like, we was almost having a playoff. We were still in the playoff burst. Like, they was trying to get – like, we was all listening to it every week. I remember, like, huh? I think, six, six. Like, yeah. I think we got back to five. When we got to Houston, we was five. Like, we need uh-huh. to beat Houston and just wait to somebody, like, play their play they cards, you know? So, we was high. We like, oh, man, look, listen, we supposed to beat them. We knew it was better than them. We just, like, we're going to get Clemson again. So, like, I think that was a driving factor. It's just somewhere down the road or just, like, you know, we just look past it, you know? Because it was tough. Like we had a review, our mirrors were set on just like staying in that playoff version. Like I remember every week listening to these dudes because it was like fresh. They're doing the playoff things. Like the second year doing it, we like, dang, they talking about us good. Like I forget who the person was. I forget who the person was, but every week they was like looking at the fifth person, like Louisville could get back into this. So we like, hey, they really think we could be able to. I remember watching it every week with my wife at night, like, oh, playoff talk coming on at this time. Hopefully we could, man, hopefully they put us back in it. And like that Houston game, I don't know. It just, you know. Well, yeah, and, and speaking of Houston, I, I know that's another game we don't want to really talk too much about, but we, but we kind of have to. What was it about that team? And we know Ed Oliver – Phenomenal player, like just a huge human being in the middle of the line. But obviously he plays a large factor. But what was it about that team that was so hard to move the ball against? Man, I don't I don't know. They just had our number that night, honestly. Like, I think a lot of stuff just played a part, just like us coming out slow and them coming out fast. And then them just having motivation, they're seeing night – I don't know. I don't. I honestly don't know what happened to us. You know, throughout that end of that that season, I don't have any explanation. I thought we was playing hard, grinding, and it's just I don't know. Like from Houston on, I don't know where we lost our grip. You know, and <laughs> yeah. obviously, it obviously just went down here at the Houston. I honestly feel like once we knew we was out of the uh, playoff burge, like because we was right there, it's just like your hopes go up the 
sky high to like, mm-hmm. man, we not, we, we missed it. So like everything after that was just like nothing. Man, you talk and about us, <laughs> you talk about us starting slow. I Malik fumbled the opening kickoff, right? Kickoff return. Yeah. Five, yeah. Oh my gosh. That, yeah. that that's not the tone center, it's like tone center you want for a football game by like by any means. And you know Petrino was already pissed too, because we elected to receive. Petrino yeah. was getting the ball first. And how oh. just weird, man. Just a weird day. <laughs> well, we, dropped, we ended up dropping the last three, unfortunately to uh, some pretty decent teams. I mean, that Kentucky team wasn't a bad team that year. They had uh, Josh Allen and they had Benny Snell outside that. They weren't much. We got hosed on that fumble with that with Lamar on that one too. And uh, we dropped to LSU who also, I mean, they had Jamal Adams, Darius Guys, they had NFL dudes all over the field just like we did as well. Uh, but throw all that stuff out of the window. What was that 2016 season like for you? And I mean, it was a special one. We had a freaking Heisman Trophy winner on the offense and you played a key part in him winning the Heisman Trophy. I mean, people people can bullshit and joke all they want. Like every time he pulled that ball, you still had to sell your run. Otherwise, you know, the offense and the play doesn't work. So what was that year like for you? Um, it was a great year, man. Just like experiencing like two college game days, which is like rare to even get in college. That was a great experience. Winning one and, you know, in the Clemson game, as we spoke of, was probably going to go down to history as one of the best college games, even though we came out on the the uh, losing side of things. You know, it was just a great experience. All those things, you know, Lamar winning Heisman, like all these things are just like historical things in college football history that, you know, nobody can never take away from us experiencing. And like, I'm so thankful and blessed to be able to just experience those things helping my brother accomplish something that's, you know, nobody can ever take from him. You know, it's just a great experience. That whole year was just great. You know, that's my senior year. You know, I finished off proposing to my wife. Yeah, you know, it was just a great year. That year just means so much to me. It's just a staple in my life, man. I, I'm always remember a lot of stuff coming from that year. You know, how, awesome, how awesome was that, proposing to your wife your senior year? The picture perfect. Uh, <laughs> I, you, did it on, uh, you did it on senior night? Did you do it on senior night? Or did I'll you see that? Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> against Kentucky. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was cool, man. You know, I something just told me to do it then, and I'm I'm thankful I did it then. You know, just because, like I said, that was just a special year for me, and you know, it was just icing on the cake. We went nuts. Well, I had no clue what the red shirts and all the freshmen. At least I I, I didn't. I. I was like, what the fuck? Red proposed to his girl, his girl. This is crazy. Oh my God. Like, I don't even know how you play football game. <laughs> but for you, and I want to hear, we've all got them. They've heard them all from me a million times. What's your best Lamar story as we get ready to transition into what you do now? That story. Dang. Oh, you got one. Well, probably one of the one I just. Stroud, when I first seen him run the ball that first time, when he did the shake move on Isaiah Stewart, it was just crazy. But, um, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> here, I'll ask you, let me ask you this. That's what so, I always think of. It was just funny. We, but, we, had, we, yeah. had a cool, we had a cool position coach in Colby Smith, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Colby, Colby was – not a lot of people know about Colby just because he was a position coach and an assistant coach. 
Yeah. He was the coolest, smoothest dude to ever be around as a coach, especially on a Petrino staff. So, (laughs) like, for you, what was it like having Kobe walk past you and be like, hey, Rad, you know I had to cuss you out right there because Petrino was watching me. Yeah, I know he said Hey, that's me and Kobe Kobe still cool right now. You know he down here in Miami at the uh, Dolphins. So, man, we still locked in now. That's like family. He still be hitting me up. (laughs) He be talking to me. Hit me all the time, just joking. He hit me all the time because I always be working out and stuff in the morning. He be saying he could beat me. I just talked to him like two weeks ago. Literally, that's that's like my big brother, honestly. Me and Kobe been tight since day one. So that was like one of the biggest things I appreciated when Coach uh, Petrino came. Cause like, I didn't really have a relationship with uh, Kenny Carter, which was strong, but I liked it, that coaching staff. Kenny Carter wasn't no problem, but when Kobe came, that was like the first time I had like a coach who was like a big brother. It was weird, you know? He always just, it was more than just football with me and him. And it always been, you know, I still call him coach sometimes. I call him Kobe. <laughs> I tell everybody, it was the first guy I've ever heard where people were, or first coach, where people were addressing him by his first name. Yeah, I'm like, oh, man, yeah, but he just, a, he a great dude, man, great dude, smart, great coach. That's what a lot, a lot of coaches should be. So, man, I got to ask you, I'm seeing you post it on Twitter. I'm seeing you advertise it, and this is leading into where you are now. How did you get into the food industry? Um, me and my guy brother, which I grew up with, we just always cooked on the weekends. And uh, last year around this time coming up, we was cooking wings at a tailgate. And I'm like, dang, we made some fire wings. I know how to make even better ones just because I be cooking at home, man. I just be cooking. I know how to cook. I'm like, I could make some. Then we finally decided to make some and, and we invited people over to try them and everybody just was raving over them. You know, we like, man, we can make some of this, and that's what we're doing, you know. So it's is like, this is this your side business or is this the main gig? Nah, this side for sure. This side, but you know, side turn into mains when it's over time. So we oh, just yeah. started, you know, we bought seven months, six months into it, like officially, like making them and you know, making them for people. So, you know, slow grind, but yeah, we trying to do big things, man. That's awesome. Well, tell people where they can find your food. Like, like, do you guys are you working on a storefront? Like, what what's what's the uh, what's the situation right now? Um, that's the big picture. You know, one day we'll have a storefront. However, that develops. Right now, you know, we just want to pick up on the like pop up markets. You know, because wings are usually like popping on the weekends. So, like, it's down here. It's a lot of like pop up food markets that's popular. It's a lot of places catering. And all that stuff in Miami is, is popular. So we don't really even need a storefront until we need a storefront. You know, so right now we just, uh, I have an app, uh, 305 Wings. You could, if you got iPhone, just scroll down on your iPhone, type 305 Wings with a Z. And it'll pop right up on your Apple store. Um, you can order through there. We're in Miami, Florida, right in Core Gables. Um, we're developing into a kitchen. Uh, Hispanic Kitchen in South Florida, El Palacio, which is very popular. We'll be in there. And we do right now at our home right now, we just do caterings a lot. And I mean, we've been doing good with that, you know, and doing just pop-ups from there. What's your what's your go-to? I'm like, Rad, maybe some wings real quick. 
What kind of wings? What kind of wings are you making there? I got four special flavors you'll never find nowhere else. You know, I make them myself. Um, Where was this when we were playing ball? No, Where is you didn't make wings one time when we were playing ball, man. We could have. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I barely really cook, man. I'm just like multi-talented when I put my mind on something, I could do it, you know. So I really started, you know, out of college cooking. I'm not, you know, I didn't take that much long. I just, you know, like the you got married and had to learn how to domesticate. Exactly, okay. exactly. And I think I got a good taste for food. <laughs> now, you know, I know how to cook and I know what I like to taste. And I think I know what people like to eat. And the wings, man, I haven't had a complaint with the people I sell them with. People love them when I get rebuys. So I think I'm trending in the right direction. Yeah, there you go. And what are these sauces? Yeah, man. what's your what's your best seller? What like what, what's the right, what's I the number one? I got I got four signature flavors. You no, know, one of them called I-95. If you know uh familiar with South Florida. Uh, Interstate 90, uh, Interstate 95 is popular down here. That's our barbecue. Um, we have a buffalo, which is called Dade County Wets, which is Dade County, Miami. Um, we have a signature flavor my wife made from scratch, which is called Secrets. It's on the sweet side. So mainly that's for the ladies, man. Like the ladies like the sweeter wings, you know? Now I want to like the buffalo and the barbecue. Yeah. So yeah. if you if you bring your wife, I recommend you get some of those. And then I have like a, a lemon pepper, which is popular down here as Classic. well. Our lemon pepper wing is better than the wing stop that. Uh, wet or dry? What we talking about? Is, is it in between? They not they not wet and they not dry. <laughs> okay, okay, I like Just that. Perfect. I mean, that's yeah. exactly what it is. It's yeah. not. Ranch or blue cheese? Which one are you? Which one are you going for? I mean, I I let you choose that. You know, we got yeah. Both. But which one would you go if I if I have it out in front of you? Which one are you grabbing? What would I dip first? Yeah, it just a big time. That's when how Jacob, I am. When Jacob goes to edit this, so hear it, and I need you to say I'm a big <laughs> blue cheese fan. Jacob, you're wrong. And see, this is how I do it though. Like if it's if it's wet, this is how I do it. If it's wet, I do the ranch. If it's dry. I do the blue cheese just because, like, okay. the texture and everything. Okay. Huh. I like that. I like that strategy. All right, so what constitutes a good wing, though? Like, what, what separates your wings? What's your point of differ differentiation uh, from the wing competition? The process. The process, how we make them, how we prep them. I know nobody prep our wings like ours. And the flavors that I explained to you, I made them. So <laughs> I know nobody <laughs> So that's going to be the differentiator right there. We make them different in the flavor. Nobody going to have the flavor I have because I make them straight in my kitchen. And that's what we develop into. You know, we're going to develop some flavors. And I'm trying to do a, I'm, I want to play like a alumni game, bring a pop up to Louisville, man. Just that's what I was getting. That I was, was, I was be about the to propose. Question, Red. How do we yeah, get you for a tailgate and some wings, man? Let's that's do what we need. That's what we did. I need to plan it all out. Once I get all everything all planned out, like it's too easy, man. I need to bring some alumni. You know, I need to like that's what I'm planning right now. Like having alumni week, bring some alumni, some familiar faces, blend the alumni faces with some of the fan faces, you know, come out here, eat good, good music. We might situate how we could bring your B.O.B. or whatever it is. Just a good time, you know. 
I'm Good. sure they set you up right over there in the alley, and they just opened. Like, hey, we got to figure it out some way, you know. Yeah, okay, so so here's here's my proposal for you. All right, three hundred five wings camp. All right, so you get you get some of these Miami guys up here because there's a lot of them, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. some of the Miami guys up here. You know, like you could do a kids camp, you could do an adult camp. Like I know that's a big thing now. Where yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you, I mean, you look like you're ready to, to suit up right now, which is incredible because <laughs> you're making wings all day. Uh, but no, no, and then you feed people the wings. Like that's the that's the whole setup. You know, you guys you have like a camp. It's like an overnight thing, you know, uh, meet and greet with the players, that kind of stuff. And then and then do the do the wings is catering. Ooh, that sounds good, man. The camp. That, that's pretty cool. That's, that's a weekend cool. right there. Like that thing. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. People are gonna yeah, have to be the camp might have to be like in the summer though, you know. So yeah, yeah, we'll absolutely. Have to do that next next summer for sure. I, I do want to do a camp, man, because I know Louisville, I know Parker just had a camp. Uh, I, I was informed, but the alumni camp would be pretty cool. There you go. There you go. Yeah, we got we got a bunch of the local guys, but we need one of the one of the Miami guys to, to get up here and have their own camp. I think I think that people would eat that up uh, oh, metaphorically yeah, and and literally. So, You're right. Uh, Let's do that. Well, that sounds good. <laughs> that sounds good. Tell the people where they can find you, man. One, one more time, real fast, with with, right. with your app and where they can find you on social as well. Uh, you can find me on social media at uh, on Instagram. My, it's my name, Brandon Ratcliffe, 23. Uh, Twitter, the same thing. Uh, my wing company is 305 Wings with the Z. Um, purchasing orders. Uh, download my app, 305 Wings. Yeah, buddy. That's what you can find me. That's what I'm doing, man. Grinding every day. All right. Well, we won't keep you too much longer. I'm getting hungry talking Ooh. about all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you out of here on that. Brandon, thank you so much for joining from the Pink Podcast. You, man. Appreciate no, yeah, absolutely. You got so much love up here in Louisville. Uh, one of the mo- one of the more underrated, underappreciated players in, in recent history. So uh, we're so glad to have you on and and uh, and good luck in the rest of your career and your wing endeavors. And we can't wait till this uh till the store gets open so we can visit when we come down. Yeah, for sure. I got y'all anytime, any day. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> All right, yeah, man. Let's go.